Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? If you're doing good, I want you to do this right here. Put your hands together. And I'm going to tell you, and this morning, worship was amazing. And I love being led in worship. But if you didn't recognize the guy that was leading us in worship, I want to introduce him to you. He is our worship leader from down at our Sherwood campus. So every week, Sherwood is blessed with that same voice and that same talent, that same leadership. But today, we're actually doing a combined service with Sherwood. We're actually uh, producing the whole day uh, from, from here. And so I want you to do me one big favor. I want you to welcome our Sherwood campus right now. Just give them a big round of applause. So if you're online now, we want to say thanks. We've been in a series called When You Pray. Not If You Pray, When You Pray. And it's assumption when Jesus wrote in Matthew chapter 6, it was assumption that we were going to pray as believers and followers of Jesus, that we were going to have conversation with him. Just like you would have conversation with your spouse or your kids, the more conversation that you have, the better the relationship is. And so over the last five weeks, we've been talking about that. And so what I've done over the last five weeks, I've actually um, kind of doing some research uh, just locally here in our own church. And I've been going to talk to your kids about their best prayers and so I've been in children's ministry, I've been in student ministry, and so some of the things are a little alarming, what they said, by the way, just like, we will not point out what parents and what kids are linked together, but this is some of their prayers, and maybe you've heard these, maybe you've prayed with them. Uh, this was one of the prayers I thought was amazing. Dear God, my mom tells me that there's a reason for everything on earth. I guess broccoli is one of your great mysteries. <laughs> That's one of the prayers. Here's another one. Uh, please make my parents understand that if I don't eat salad, I'll do better in school. Anybody heard that one? And so that was one. Please forgive me for hiding my sister's favorite doll, and please don't tell her where it's at. Um, this is a good one. Um, this was actually from one of our little small kids. Um, but it says, uh, Dear God, can you get me a smartphone? Santa must have forgot. <laughs> so here's a couple of, these are my actually my favorite, three or four. Dear God, please don't let it rain on Saturday. The first ball I hit out of the park will be yours. Wow. Dear God, <laughs> oh my goodness. Dear God, I need you uh, to make my mom non-allergic to cats. I really want a cat and I really don't want to ask my mom to move out. <laughs> That's pretty awesome right there. Oh, this is sweet. Dear God, I hope my, God, my, my dog is, is in heaven with you right now. That's so like, oh, um, please take care of him. Sorry if you choose your sandals, Jesus. And so this is actually my all-time favorite. If this has ever happened to you, I'm sorry. But it says, I saw my big brother walking out of the shower on accident. God, can you erase that thought from my brain? <laughs> now, they, 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 they really didn't come from your kids. They were my kids' prayers. <laughs> the reason I do that is we live in a heavy world right now, don't we? I mean, everything that we see, everything that's going on seems to be negative. And the Bible says that a merrieth heart doeth good like a medicine. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And somehow or another, like we talked about last week, we have gotten out of focus we have focused so much on the enemy and all the bad things that we have not focused on the God that wants us to, to focus on him. And so that's what prayer is about. Prayer is literally like we talked about last week with Jehoshaphat. It's taking our eyes off the enemy and it's putting our eyes on the Savior. And so today what I want to talk about is an interesting concept because all through my life, I've been taught a certain model or a certain way to pray. And most of the time when I was taught to pray, it was about praying for others. As a matter of fact, if you read the writings of Paul, the majority of what Paul wrote about is praying for others. It's called, it's a big spiritual, big, big church word. It's called intercessory. And so we're called to pray for others. 
But in that, what started to happen in the church is we forgot that we're, we're okay with praying with ourselves, that we should be praying over our lives. We should be praying to God what we need in our lives and we know what we need. And almost in the world that we live in, we've, we've, we've almost been taught that it's bad if we pray for ourselves. There's not a lot of, of examples in the Bible, but there's enough. If you read in Samuel, Hannah prays to God that she would have a son. Now, could you imagine if she didn't pray that for herself? There would be no Samuel. We, t- we looked at it a couple weeks ago in uh, Numbers chapter six and seven. We saw where Gideon prayed for direction and God, God gave him direction. So he prayed for himself for wisdom. Uh, we see it all through the Psalms. As a matter of fact, if you didn't know this, part of the Psalms is written by David. A lot of people think that David was the only writer of it. And part of the Psalms is written by Moses. But if we took out David's portion of the Psalms, because it's so, so introspective, it's so prayers for himself, the majority of the Psalms wouldn't even be there. And then look at Jesus. Let's look at the example of Jesus, what he did. Jesus prayed for himself. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. What's he say? Not my will, but your will be done. But if this cup can pass from me, would you let it pass from me? He's saying, listen, I need to pray for myself. Even So if the Savior of the world needs to pray for himself, surely we do. But here's the problem. I think as we've looked at uh, week one and week two, Sometimes our prayers can be a little selfish, right? Me, 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 me. Let's pray for a bigger house. Let's pray for a little bit more money. So in this, being able to pray for ourselves, what does God want us to pray for? Is there direction that we should be going? Is there certain things that are kind of off limits? And if there's certain things off limits, what's on limits? So here's the first thing I want everybody to get. I want you to write this down. We're going to peel back about five things today about what we can pray for ourselves. And the very first thing that I believe is kind of the bedrock of everything we do is we need to pray for mercy for ourselves. We need, everybody in this room needs mercy. Everybody in this room, if we got what we deserved, we would get hell, wouldn't we? But we got, and that's, mercy and grace are almost synonymous as far as uh, the, the definitions. Grace means unmerited favor, something we don't deserve. Mercy means we're getting something we don't deserve too. We need mercy. Week one, we took a look at a story of two people that went to the temple to pray. You remember this story? It's found in the book of Luke chapter 18. Now, if you weren't here, I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna kind of break it down and and we're gonna look at two models of prayer. One that is a very self-righteous. One is almost like pleading with God to kind of prove himself to God. The other one is just this, this, this humble servant, this humble person that's trying to have a connection with God. So it says, two men went to the temple to pray, one Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed this, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other man. What an arrogant prayer right off the bat. I thank you that I'm not like that person right there. I, I thank you that I'm not like, like, I'm not like, thank God I'm not like Tracy. Could you imagine that? Like, could you imagine the arrogance of that prayer? Thank, thank God I'm not like the other man. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even like the tax collector. So he literally goes, I'm not like that person, that person, that person. And I'm not like that one right there. I'm not like the tax collector. He says, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, he couldn't even stand in the presence of the person. Yeah. He was, he, was, he was so humble and he wanted just to have a connection with God that he wouldn't even stand in the presence of religious people. So he's sitting there and he goes, but the tax collector standing afar off would not even lift his eyes to heaven. But he beat his breast saying, God, be merciful, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you this, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. But the one who humbles himself would be exalted. Yeah. And I've been looking at this passage over and over again since the, since the, the week one. And I'm almost getting the idea that this, this religious leader, this, this Pharisee, is trying to prove himself to God. 
He's trying to give like, here is my job description and here's how I fulfilled the job description and I've done all this stuff fantastic. Almost like he's trying to tell God, look how good I am. He's almost like an attorney pleading in front of a judge going, I have done everything right. And then you have this other guy that goes, you know something, I've done nothing right. As a matter of fact, I'm a sinner. I'm, I'm far from grace. I, 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 like we see it in, in the music world. We see it in the in, in athletics, we see everybody pounding their chest. Look how good I am. Look how good I am. And the people that I'm watching God move in their lives in the greatest ways are the ones that are willing to fall down on their face before God and say, God, I'm, I am unholy. I'm unworthy. I'm a sinner and I need to be saved by your grace. I need mercy in my life. And so we see this over and over again. I love the way Jesus said, and some of you go, well, why do we need mercy? You, you know why you need the mercy? Because we need to show mercy in the world we live in. It, it, it's amazing to me and I, I'm officially off. I'm officially off Facebook. So if you if you send me a message, and I, it's because I'm officially off. But I can't find anything good. There's barely anything. I had a friend of mine that posted the other day, and she posted on there, and she was just like, "PSA, just an announcement from Columbia County. Just an announcement. That's all. It's PSA, in case you needed to know." The next 40 posts were like blasting her. I'm going, all she did was post something, literally copy and paste from. Look, there's no mercy in the world. And, and if we're going to be receiving mercy, we need to be giving. Well, this is what Matthew, Matthew chapter 5 says. Blessed are the what? What's that word? Is it on the screen? Blessed are the what? For they shall be what? They'll receive mercy. So why God wants us to pray for mercy is because we have to deliver mercy to the world we live in. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. He says, and when you pray, right? That was the assumption. When you pray, because it's not if, when. Do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. Now stop right there, because this next part, again, teaches us why should, this is why we should be praying for mercy. And it says, and forgive us our debts as we have also what? forgiven others. So the amount of mercy we receive is the amount of mercy we should be given out. The, the, the way we receive mercy from God, the unmerited favor, the stuff that we don't deserve is the way we should be giving it back out. But in our world, we don't. We are all, let me just throw this out. Everybody that's sitting in this room, everybody that's upstairs, everybody's in the atrium, everybody's watching online, everybody needs mercy. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. I need God's unmerited. I need mercy in my life. So the very first thing, that's the Kind of the, the first thing we should pray for is mercy. The second thing is we should be praying for help. Say that with me, help. help. See, we can't even say it. We don't even like asking people for help because we're so independent. We would never want to let our guard down and go, I need some help. But the very person who wants to help us the most is God. So about, I don't know how long, 15 years ago or so, maybe longer than that. I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm, I'm not from here, Okay. I'm from a little country called New Jersey. It's up in the Northeast, a little small country. They talk funny up there. Um, but I moved down here in 1988 to help plant a church. This is, my, this is actually my third church plant that I've been a part of. Um, but my grandparents still lived up there. But right before my grandfather died, he, moved, he came down here to spend a little bit of time. And we didn't really know that it was kind of the ending of his life. But he's sitting on the back porch. And my grandfather was not a spiritual man, okay? Like, I'm just going to let you know he was, he was not... He was old South from Selma, Alabama, then moved to New Jersey. So he had like, he, he was, it was just, it was wild, crazy, right? So we're sitting on the porch one day and I said, and I said, Granddad, why don't, 
why don't you just cry out? Why don't you just have a conversation with God? And he goes, I'm not going to start because I'm in trouble having a conversation because I've never had one before. And I thought to myself, what? Because you never had one before, you're never going to do it. He goes, I don't want to be a hypocrite. There's so many hypocrites in the church. I'm like, we're not talking, but just because you've never done anything doesn't mean you can't do it. Just because you've never prayed before doesn't mean in a time of trouble that God doesn't want you. That's not hypocritical, that's human. In the moments of our life that God wants to reach out the most to us are the times we're in trouble the most. Where we're in the deepest part of our, of our problems and our, and our sin and our issues and our addictions. God wants us to cry out to him, not, not go the other direction. I, 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 and it was just shortly after that, and there again, he was not a spiritual God. My, my, my sister actually had a chance to lead him to Jesus. And I believe, I believe right now he's in heaven. And I believe he knows, you know, he knows what it's like to be walking on streets of gold. But could you imagine how much more he could have had on this side of eternity if he just did some of the things that he knew to do, like pray and ask for God's help? When your life is a mess, can I throw this out? When your life is a mess, when my life is a mess, even when it's your own fault, God still wants you to cry out to him. Even when it's your own fault, even when you have, I'm talking about, messed up the masterpiece, God wants you to cry out to him. There's a story in the book of Jonah, and it's, it's about Jonah. And if, you, if you've never heard it, that's cool. I'll give you the kind of the short version of it. But Jonah gets this commission from God, and God says, I want you to go to Nineveh. I want you to go to Nineveh. And Jonah bucks back and pushes back, and he, and like, I want to go, to, I'm going to get on the boat, and I'm going to go to Tarshish. Well, he gets on this boat, and the boat is out of control because there's a huge storm. The captain's going all around the boat going, okay, so who's at fault? Whose God is mad at us right now? So finally, Jonah kind of steps up, and the captain has to throw him over the boat, right? We, we know them. And then if you were raised in church, you were probably taught or told that it was a, that was a whale. We don't know that it was a whale. I, none of you were there, right? None of you were there. You don't know for a fact. Anybody there? No. So we're going to go with big fish right now, okay? So a big fish swallows him up, right? Now I'm thinking this is the worst of the worst. Like it can't get much worse than this right here. And you know what he does in the belly of the whale? He prays one of the most powerful, just, just like, desperation prayers ever. And here's the deal. If he didn't pray that prayer while he was in, and some of you are going, that's not right. That's not right. You mean, you mean I can wait to the very last minute and pray? If that's what it takes, yes. You can wait to your deathbed. If that's what it takes, yes. You can wait when you're in a prison cell right before an execution. And if that's what it takes, yes. See, God doesn't put a timeline on it. He just wants to have a conversation with you. He's waiting for you in the belly of your whale, whatever that looks like, the belly of that fish. He's waiting to hear you cry out to him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that some of your theology is going, mm, 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 mm. you haven't read the Bible. Remember the story? One of the most powerful stories in the Bible. A young man who has everything wants the rest of it. And he runs away from his dad and his inherit. He takes his inheritance with him. So he goes out and he's having this big life, just crazy living. And in the middle of this, he spends everything he has and he ends up sleeping in a pig pen. And in the midst of sleeping in the pig pen, it's the moment that a lot of us need to have. The Bible says this one little line, when he came to his senses, some of us in this room, some of us watching online need to come to our senses, don't we? We need to come to our senses that we can't do it on our own anymore and we need God's strength in our life and we need his help to do the things that he wants to do through us. About... 15 or 20 years ago, I met a guy. I was working at Stevens Creek. Actually, it's probably a little bit longer than that, probably middle 90s. And I met this guy named Tim. 
And Tim was a disaster. Tim was a guy that reminds me of a lot of people that are friends of mine even now. But Tim started out just kind of dabbling with drinking and then drinking turned into drug use and then drug use turned into, um, you know, doing all kinds of things, gambling and everything. And he lost everything, his wife and his kids. He had a high profile job here in our city. He was working at one of the most prestigious banks and he was on the board of two insurance companies. And it's amazing to me that all of those insurance companies that he was on the board, they actually, they took his policies away from him because of how bad he got. But I remember him telling me a story. He was sitting downtown and he started gambling real bad. And he only had a few dollars left in his pocket. And his idea and his prayer was this. His prayer was, God, make me, make me, make me win on this one. I need you to flip this over. I need somehow or another to get a little bit of money out of this thing. He loses everything that's in his pocket and he has about 25 cents in his pocket left. And he goes and sleeps out in the alleyway. And while he's sleeping in the alleyway, he gets beat up. And the last 25 cents he had got stole from his pocket. And I remember the story because he was telling me this one day. We're sitting across the table. He was sick um, and, and, and another situation where he was, he was close to death and he didn't know it. But he's sitting there telling me the story. He said, up to this point, I would pray these kind of prayers. God, would you change my wife? Would you change my wife? Would you, would you change my kids? Would you change the circumstances? Would you allow me to hit it big so I would have a lot of money? And he said, Bobby, it was the very first time I'm sitting in this alleyway. It's the very first time that I prayed, God, whatever it takes, whatever you need to do, wherever I'm at, looking from the bottom up, whatever it takes, I want you to do it so I can come to know you. And in that moment, he met Jesus Christ in that alleyway and he gave his life to Christ. And I would love to tell you that everything changed and everything was great and he got his dog back and he got his wife back and he got his kids back, but actually he went the other direction. But you know what? He said, I don't know what people without Jesus, how they handle it. He said, because at the first time in my life, I had hope. Even in the midst of all this struggle, I had hope. He told me one day, he said, Bobby, I was afraid to hear the phone ring because it was gonna be somebody that was gonna to try to collect from. He said, now the phone rings and it's my kids or it's my ex-wife. Where, where, where are you at? I, 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 love, I love the way even Jonah says it. Jonah is in the belly of the whale in verse, chapter two, verse one. He said, then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God from the belly of the fish saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress and he answered me. He says, out of the belly of Sheol, I cried. And you heard my voice. Jonah chapter two, verse seven says, when my life was fainting away, I remember the Lord and my prayer came to you. Some of us today need to remember the Lord. We, we need to remember what he did for us. And we need to ask for help. Even if you blew it, even if you jacked up your life, even if every mistake is yours, he's waiting for you to cry to He's waiting for you to call for help. James chapter five, verse 13 says this. Is anyone among, of you, among you suffering? And it says this, let him pray. Let him pray. Mark chapter nine, verse 23. And Jesus said to them, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. And I love this. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. Where are you at right now in that? Here's the third thing. We need to pray for strength. We need help and we need strength. Here's my morning prayer. I've been praying the same prayer. You're welcome to write it down and you're welcome to make this your morning prayer. But for about 30 years, I've been praying this morning prayer. And this is how it goes. Dear God, so far today, I've done all right. How many people have prayed that one? So far, pretty good, huh? I haven't lost my temper. Somebody say amen. 
I haven't spread any gossip. I haven't been selfish over uh, or overindulgent. But in a few minutes, God, I'm going to get out of bed. And from then on, I'm going to need all the strength I can get. Somebody needs to go, yes. That's all of us. That's every one of us in this room. It's easy when you're still sitting in the bed. Sometimes it's not, right? Because you're already formulating the plan for the day of how you're going to get back at this person and what you're going to say to that person. We need God's strength. That's a great prayer. That's a great way to start it. Because we don't have enough strength to make it through our lives on our own. Psalms 138. When I pray, you answered me. You encouraged me by giving me the strength I need. I want to do something. I don't want anybody to feel weird or awkward, but I just want you to shut your eyes for a second. Just shut your eyes for a second. Tracy talked about this. A lot of us walked into this room with anxiety in our life. We We have things that, that because of our weakness, we can't get through. And maybe it's the anxiety. Maybe it's a fear of what's going on. Maybe it's the situations in the world we're living in. Maybe it's a relationship with your, your spouse. Maybe you're watching that spiral out of control. Maybe it's your relationship with your kids. Maybe, maybe you're just going, God, when are you going to do something in their life? Maybe it's in your workplace. If you're anything like me, Every time I turn the news on or I flip on a social media outlet, I get a big lump in my throat. My heart sinks. And just when you think it can't get any worse, for some strange reason, it seems like it gets worse. And then you add life into it, right? You you add somebody finds out that they have cancer or a divorce happens or like some friends of mine this past couple weeks where one of them died and the wife is still in the hospital right now. And as of this morning, they don't even still, they don't have a clue if she's going to even make it. I got a text message from a friend of mine that lives in Lincolnton. One of the strongest guys I've ever been around. He can build anything. He can fix anything. But he can't fix the sickness that's in his body right now. A double pneumonia. And they need a miracle right now. What is it for you? What does it look like for you? And are you willing to have a conversation right this very second with the Heavenly Father? And ask him. God, give me strength. Give me strength to make it today. Give me strength to make, to make it tomorrow. We sang a song this morning. And as everybody's eyes are shut and you're thinking about that thing, whatever that looks like for you. Part of the song that we sang this morning literally talks about the strength that each of us needs. And this morning there's maybe 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 different things that we need strength for. Everybody has a different need in this room. But that same God is the one we're all chasing after. And the great thing about God, he doesn't, he can only, he can't, he can take more than one prayer at a time. He can take them all at the same time and he can do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. And I want to make this song this morning that we were singing a minute ago, not just words on a screen. I want, them, I want them to be a prayer. This is how it went. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh God how I need you.
I believe when we get to the point that he is our only option. When we get to that point right there is when God moves. When we finally relinquish control of all the other situations. All right, you can open your eyes. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but how many people believe that God can give them strength in that area today? How many people need to have strength in that area today? Amen. Let me give you the last one. There's two more, but let me give you this one and the last one. I'll go real quick. The fourth one is blessings. And it's interesting because I've been a Christian for about 30 years and I've been around and I've seen a bunch of books. Anybody remember the book, The Prayer of Jabez? But raise your hand real high. I'm gonna see how many people are old like me. <laughs> um, I remember when that first book, came, that, that book first came out and I remember picking the book up and reading it. And I remember reading it and going, wow, this is like straight from scripture. And I went to a friend of mine who I respected greatly. And he said, you can't pray that prayer. That's a, that's a prayer. That's, that's a selfish prayer. You can't pray that prayer. God doesn't want us asking for blessings. And I remember reading the book and I remember, I am more, I'm more in tune with what God's doing right now than I've ever been, surely. And then I started reading the passage over and over and over again. I'm going to read it to you today. First Chronicles. This is what it says. Tell me what you think when I get done reading this. Is this a God that wants to bless us or is this a God that wants to take away the blessings from us? It says, Jabez called upon the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border. Sounds like he wants to bless us, right? He wants us to pray this prayer. And it says, and that your right hand may be with me and that you would keep me from harm so that, so that it might bring me pain, may not bring me pain. And then it says, and God granted what he asked. God poured out his blessings. And then it dawned on me. If I'm wanting blessings for blessings sake, so I can just hoard them all up, he doesn't want to bless me. But if he wants to bless me so I'm a blessing to others, he's going to pour out blessings because I can't give out what I haven't received. I can't give out to you joy if I don't have joy inside of me. I can't give you peace if I have no peace. I can't give you patience if I don't have no patience. And I can't give blessings out if I've never received a blessing. Somebody should say amen to that right there. See, God wants to pour out blessings on us so we can be blessings to people around us. Over and over and over and over again in scripture, that's what it talks about. You can't do it. The, the very word blessed is actually a word, makareus, which means this. In, 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 in the original translation, it means happy, but it doesn't do it any justice. So you have to read it in the Greek, which this was written in Greek. So it says contentment, fulfillment, satisfaction. You asked to be blessed. You're asking God, help me be content, help me be fulfilled, and help me be satisfied. That's what God wants to do. How many people want that right there? I want blessings so I can be a blessing to some. So, so a couple of weeks ago, I said from this stage that I want to be a millionaire. And some of you are like, amen, brother Bobby. And some of you gave me the old stank eye. But do you remember what I said? This is where I got it from. I said, I want to be a millionaire because God has found myself and my wife to be faithful with little things. And if we're faithful with little things, he'll make us faithful. To, and here's the deal. I have never been around a person like my wife as generous as like she just, every time there's a need out there, she goes, okay, we can fulfill that need. We can take care of that need. We, 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 can, make, we can make that one happen. We can take care of that kid to make sure he goes to camp. We can do this situation. We can pay for something. We can do all that. That's, 
It's because God's poured out blessings on us and he wants us to pour blessings out on other people. Could you imagine, we talk about extravagant generosity. Could you imagine if that was the cycle in this church that God poured out to you and you poured out to him? My brother says this all the time. He's got playing guitar. He goes, you can't outgive God. You can't outgive him. So when you think you've, you've given enough, you know what he's gonna do? He's gonna give you more. And then you know what he wants you to do? He wants you to give you some more and some more. And he wants you to give some more. He wants to pour out blessings. And I'll, I'll, let me finish right here. You guys, you guys aren't hearing this. Y'all hear me? We need to be praying these things over our lives. Here's the last thing. We need to pray for God's will. Out of everything else, we need to pray for God's will. A couple years ago, I had an opportunity. I'm not going anywhere. Somebody say amen. I'm not going anywhere. But I had an opportunity to go somewhere else. Another church had asked me if I would want to pastor their church. It was a little larger church. And it was in the beautiful state of Texas. Everything's better and bigger in Texas, right? The deer are bigger. The turkeys are huge. And the bass have the softest bellies you've ever felt. I remember sitting and asking God. I said, God, open the door. You ever done this one? God, open the door. And you know what God told me? Not my will. I was like, open the door, God. Could you open this door? Like, this is a great opportunity. But not my will. We can pray for all that. We can pray for jobs, but we better be praying for his will. We can pray for relationships, but we better be praying for his will. We can pray for ministry opportunities to go somewhere, whatever. We can be another city, whatever it is, but we better be praying God's will. Because even Jesus prayed for the will of the Father. Matthew chapter six, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. And going a little further, he fell on his face and he prayed saying, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Even Jesus Christ had to attain the Father's will. Pray for what you want, but make sure in the process of that, you're praying for his will. Let, let, several weeks ago, I had a family ask me to come pray with them. And um, I think it was a grandfather or grandmother that was dying. Um, older, sick. And I prayed a prayer. I know, I, know, I know some of you guys will get this. I prayed a prayer. Lord, I pray that you would, you would heal grandmama. You would hear, heal granddaddy. And two days later, I got a phone call that that person had passed away. And they were upset with me because of part of my prayer. And I pray this every time I pray. If you ever ask me to pray for you, I'll pray that God heals you. I'm going to claim Isaiah chapter, whatever it is, like, you know, his stripes or, you know, all that stuff. I'm going to pray all that. I'm going to pray it. I'm going to pray it. But at the end of every prayer, I pray this prayer. But God, your will be accomplished above everything else. Because it may not be God's will for all of us to be healed on this side of eternity. The Bible says this. Let me let you in on a secret. Maybe you guys don't know this. Do you know when you started dying? The day you were born. The day you were born, you started dying. The Bible says man's appointed one time to die and then a judgment comes. And we live this life, this side of eternity, like that's, this is all there is. We have big checking accounts. We have nice cars. We have nice houses. We feel like we're in the land of the living, going to the land of the dying, but we've got it all backwards. We're in the land of the, of the dying, going to the land of the living. 
I get to walk on streets of gold. I get to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I get to be with the Jesus that I've been longing for for 30 years one time. So why wouldn't I want to pray for God's will? If it's not God's will to keep me around here, why would I want to pray that? That, that, that should be the most important prayer we pray. Father, what's your will in this situation? How do you want me to handle this situation? What's your will? How would you, how would you, how would you do this? I'm just old enough to remember when we used to have the little plastic things that we used to wear around our wrists that used to say WWJD. Y'all remember that? What would Jesus do? That resonates, even though it's kind of old and a little archaic, it resonates with me. There's not a decision I go through that I don't go, Jesus, what would you do? What do you want me to do in this? How would you want me to handle this? What's the, would you open the, would you open the doors? Would you lead and guide my footsteps? Would you, would you somehow know tell me what your will is? But you know, that only comes from talking to him. Matthew chapter six, when you pray, when I pray, A couple years ago, I was on my sabbatical and I read a book by Hans Kung and it was like 780 pages. And you go, well, that's not a big book. It's a big book. It was single spaced, eight font. It was a lot of pages. It was on the basics of Christianity. A friend of mine told me, he said, this would be a good read. He was a Catholic theologian. He said, this would be a good read for you. It's something different. Just read it. You'll get a couple truths out of it. You don't have to. So I, I read the book. And at the end of the book, something was stirring in me. Something was wrong with the book. Did you ever read a book and you just go, something's just not right? And it wasn't so much the theology, there was just something missing in the book. And I started doing a little research and when I started researching this author, he was furious because the company that he was publishing this through was putting him in deadlines. And they said, you have to get this, us this book right now. And he goes, well, it's not finished. He goes, give us what you got. And he actually put, when he was writing this, you can find it, find it online. He was furious because he forgot the most essential thing about Christianity. You know what he forgot? Prayer. Out of all the things, he talked about heaven, he talked about witnessing, he talked about Bible reading, he talked about singing, he talked about going to church, he talked about forsaking the right, all that stuff. He forgot prayer. And you know what I'm afraid of? 2021. We do all the other stuff, but we forgot prayer. And let me wrap this series up for you. I'm gonna pray and we're gonna wrap this series up in two statements. Here's the first statement. The Bible tells us to pray about everything. Everything. Big, small, pray about everything. And the second thing is to never stop praying. Pray without ceasing, the Bible says. And so when we walk through this life and all its craziness, those are two things that we have to remember. Pray about everything. We should be praying about what's going on in the world we live in. We should be praying about what's going on in our community and pray without nonstop. Tracy's gonna talk to you about what we're gonna do as an initiative here for our 930. But I'm gonna encourage you, don't just make it 930. Make it every day of our lives that we're having a conversation with the Heavenly Father. Y'all do me a favor, if you would stand up, we're gonna stand up for closing prayer. And I'll go back to that moment a few minutes ago where I asked you to put that thing on your mind. I'm gonna ask you to kind of change it a little bit. Maybe all of those don't resonate with you. Maybe the mercy or, or strength or help or whatever doesn't resonate, but one of them does. And I want you to shut your eyes for a second. I just want you to think about that one thing. 
how that impacts you. And I want you to make that a matter of prayer. Not just here, not just now, but tomorrow morning when you wake up. And Tuesday, when you're getting ready to go to bed. And Wednesday, when all you know what's breaking loose, that you're still making that thing a matter of prayer. Heavenly Father, right now in this moment, that assumption that's found in Matthew chapter six is something I've been struggling with. Because I believe I'm a person of prayer and I believe I believe your church is called to be a house of prayer. But I see a lot of other things going on in a lot of other places. I see, I see dynamic worship. I see great speakers and I see great musicians and I see great programs, but there's something missing. And last week it dawned on me when we were talking about Jehoshaphat God that in the world we live in, we have put so much focus on everything else and we have taken our focus off of you. We know what the enemy's doing. We know what the enemy's schemes are. We know every statistic with COVID. We know everything that's going on with masks or unmasked or vaccinations or whatever's going on in our community. We know all that stuff, but I don't know we know you. And if we don't get anything else out of this series, God, let it be this right here. That prayer is a way we get to know you more. Heavenly Father, in this moment, would you speak to us? Would you speak through us, God? Would you show us your will? Would you break our hearts for things that breaks your heart? God, would you touch our country right now? God, a country that's so, so divided, but was built on one foundation. It's so divided right now, but God, somehow or another, can you speak to this country? Can you speak into this country? Can you allow your Holy Spirit? God, I pray for the people that are in government in our country right now. God, I pray for our president and senators and House of Representatives and people that are in big places. God, I pray that somehow, even if they don't know you, somehow or another by your Holy Spirit right now, God, you're permeating some things and you're making some things happen that only you can make happen. God, I pray for our country. That even in our currency, it says one nation under God, we have lost that concept. God, somehow or another. Somehow or another, God, can you bring us back to that point right there? Can we lean into the fact that we are one nation under you, God? God, would you speak to the local government here? In Columbia County and Richmond County, can you be with them? Can you permeate the halls and the decision-making and can you shape the minds, God, that they would be, be somehow or another trying to follow after you, God? In our, in our local school systems, God, can you somehow or another just, even through every nook and cranny, even people that don't believe you, somehow or another, God, could, could you use that as a tool in the world that we live in to make your name famous? Can we see something happen? As your word says, the effectual prayer of righteous men and women bring down great power. Would you bring down great power? God, one of the greatest conversations that could ever happen is a conversation between us and you about our need for mercy. And I believe there's people in this room right here watching online down in Sherwood 
that maybe for the very first time in their life, they're having a conversation with you because they just realized that because of you, they don't get what they deserve. They get mercy. They get grace. And God, I pray that that conversation would last throughout the day and they would understand through your Holy Spirit who you are and what you're trying to accomplish. God, I pray. Thank you for letting me speak freely, God. Thank you for letting me have conversation with you to access your throne. God, I hope that we all would just get an understanding of that. God, be with us. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or help taking your next step, email our team at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.